Welcome back to the Cock and Bowl podcast. A uh, source, a source, a verified source for the dollop. Um, you've heard it here first, <laughs> oh, there folks. There it is. Okay. There's, I didn't know how long we were going to wait for that one. I didn't know if that was going to come with the plugs or if we were going to we were going to get. That I was going to put it in the plugs, and then as I was doing the intro, I was like, "Well, shit, this is a new accolade. This is like my Griffin McElroy thirty under thirty media luminary that I'm going to stitch you roll it down every- the mission accomplished banner and let them know." I've already introduced myself three times this week as "Hi, hi, source of the dollop, Spencer Faust. <laughs> nice to meet you." I have the deep throat for the dollop. <laughs> Follow the money. I am Spencer. Over Hi. there is my brother Nathan, my co-host. Hello. Spencer, our our fearless leader and, and champion, has been headline main first source listed sourced on the show that made us rip off their entire premise and redo it in a worse way the dollop hi <laughs> um, it's fair use it's fair it's, use oh it's 100 fair it's either better as or worse long it's as we yell it it's fine also they've now taken from us this the exchange is equal you've <laughs> the made, second time Dave, you have now essentially made money off of this enterprise and we have not this is this we're on net negative and you made at least a couple we bucks are. off that episode dude so lay off <laughs> the this whole show started um i think almost six years ago now it was it was because I had the story of Dr. Joseph Nash McDowell, which I found and wanted to pitch to the dollop as an episode. Well, uh, the Cock and Bull started with a uh, it was a combo podcast blog because I wanted I wanted to do the podcast. And it I incidentally popped up at the time I needed to do a media writing project for like the last year of my college degree. And so I did a coinciding blog for the first like five or six episodes and then immediately got rid of that shit because it was just the script i was reading nathan i saw no point nobody uses wordpress (laughs) nobody was gonna come find that it's like doing your podcast on soundcloud nobody's looking for that (laughs) fucking write it in a tweet or something the blog post that i wrote on joseph nash mcdowell i got to the end of that episode it's like episode 603 or something it's one of the recent ones uh at the time this is released of the dollop joseph nash mcdowell they at the end of the fucking episode, I like fell out of my chair when the first source was cock and bull blog. Um, and uh, that's when I knew I made it. That's my this is that's when I knew that I had. Um, this is being not no longer done. Like if you can't tell the audio, Spencer is now doing this from his like penthouse in Dubai. He is uh, yeah. he's a different person now. So, yes, cock and bull are, are not only not only sourced one of our episodes, um, our first, like the first one that made us start the show, that one got cited as a the source. Pilot. So that just feels feels fucking the pilot. Yes, very much the pilot. Which is what? Hold uh, on though. So, if I if I if I remember correctly, remembering my own podcast history, it, that's not our first episode though. Mesmer is, isn't it? It is. We waited. That was the first one we recorded, and it was one of the like few that you and I have recorded in the same room. Same room. Um, we did it in like the sca- the spare bedroom of our parents' house. Neither yeah. of us lived there. We no. just happened to intersect. Uh huh. Yeah, no, and, it was uh, very much like a like like people in New York go to like the YouTube space and collaborate. We go to my mom's sewing room <laughs> and set up shop. <laughs> yeah, it's it, look. I don't think it's any secret. I'm not a huge fan of the roots of where we've come from. I never ever recommend this show and say go back to one, start at episode <laughs> one. That's you should really. Do it in chronological order. There's a narrative, a through line that you're missing. No, I say, like, go to, like, 75 or something and just... At some point, we'll accidentally delete all the recordings and they'll be gone and they'll have (laughs) our pure narcissism reasons. I am led to believe that you have a story for me, and it's kind of a... 
kind of, I'm going to say maybe uh, almost an Empire Strikes Back from Bippin's Mummies. It, well, you, you, you could say that. Uh, the turn, you remember a couple of we I don't know how long ago, canonically, it's still spooky season, so who knows, this this is a good time for it. Um, you remember when the, the, the Druid, the, the Japanese Druid Buddhists ate tree bark and became Groot Mummies? Um, remember that from a couple? Okay, turns out... Bippin wasn't done with his eclectic Mummies of the World tour of Epcot. He had more fun and exciting <laughs> ways that we've done did it. And this time, gang, we're going to get a little Wonka-ish with it. With Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. You're saying everything's edible? The human race has always been obsessed with the afterlife and the concept of rebirth. Humans possess a fear of death, but also possess a fascination that revolves around death. All right, Bippin. So far, everything's true. So far, all accurate. I mean, this is this is pure Bippin, baby. This is this is this he's is the laying good down is... the truths. Mm -hmm. Start or start start with a good foundation. A person sacrificing his life to save others is not unheard of. It might be rare to see such selflessness today. Oh, Bippin, Bippin, <laughs> longing for what what <laughs> used to be. But people people dying such noble deaths were more prevalent in previous eras. The tale of the mellified man is closely linked with choosing death for the betterment of others. Put simply, a mellified man was a human mummy made into confections. W like, Nathan, I'm going to need you to uh -huh. uh -huh. <laughs> you to define a word for me. I would love to. I have I have that feature. the The iPad is a wonderful tool. What word What word would you like me to define? I've been led to believe that confections are like 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 pastry, an elaborate sweet dish or delicacy. Exactly, which can't be right. There must be a type. Did you copy paste this from Bippin? Because no, no, this is direct from historicmysteries.com. The Bippin oh files. My God. I don't want to solve this history mystery, Nathan. Well, we're going on an adventure. Although in uh, modern times we do not believe that the human flesh has medicinal properties, some ancient medicinal traditions believe that human corpses or mummies could be used as medicine. Melif <laughs> Melification is an ancient word meaning to introduce honey into some other substance. And the like a dude, <laughs> like a guy. You know that you know when you go to the grocery store and you're going down the honey aisle and you turn and you see that that bear and it's just a clear bear full of honey. It's just a honeyed bear, man. Imagine if that mm -hmm. was just a guy named like Jeff. Uh that's what we're working with here, people. Am I led to believe that uh based on the intro that that a gentleman we're about to hear the tragic tale of a dude who saved a busload of children by diving in front of a tidal wave of honey and just absorbing it all into his body. <laughs> there was a kid who was about to drown in the honey river, and this guy came in and drank up all that You're, shit. What we're about to have straw. is uh, what, the one that Jack Kirby didn't want you to know about. Uh, oh, no. Honey man. <laughs> <laughs> With the power to attract bears. <laughs> Mellification is an ancient word meaning to introduce honey into some other substance. In the first look, one might think of a human fossil that has been discovered. That sentence makes no goddamn sense, but I'm reading it verbatim. Alternatively, one might think of a tragic story of a man getting trapped in sugar or honey by accident. Spencer. No, that's, that's, a, well, that's the first thing I thought of. That, yeah, that's like the. Again, the problem is, is I said Wonka at the top as a bit. And, and but he's like, no, no, you may be thinking of that documentary where Augustus Gloop got trapped <laughs> in there by accident. You know, this could this could happen to you. <laughs> ominous points at the camera. Um <laughs> I just, I don't, what do you, how, what, how, how would you accidentally get trapped in honey by accident? 
Pippin. Probably the same way those mosquitoes got stuck in the amber, if I if I know anything. <laughs> God damn it, maybe, but fuck. John Hand's gonna be kind of just kind of poking poking on that amber, <laughs> saying something about something about ancient DNA. John Hand? We can rebuild him. Are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, the guy from Mad Men. I was about to say, you, you're talking about John, you're talking about the guy from Mad Men, not John Hammond, the, the old Santa-looking no, 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 man no. from the Jurassic Park series. Don't be stupid, that's not the right thing. <laughs> well, uh, despite, uh, despite your, you know, how you obviously would think of someone getting trapped in sugar or honey by accident, however, a mellified man is closer to the concept of body donation and organ donation than an accident that left us with a mellified mummy. This article will take you through the outlandish ideas of ancient medicine that normalize the eating of preserved human flesh to cure many diseases. Is he, is it like a, this is like a tour guide's intro for a Disney ride. Pippin is really this, taking us by the hand on this one. Come with me. You might be disgusted by the concept of eating sweetened mummified flesh, but this is part of our weird history and is worth knowing about. Don't, don't look away, children. Don't look away, children. <laughs> you, you must see? know. We must know the past or be doomed to repeat it. Exactly. That's what you got to teach them about the Nazis so they don't become Nazis. Chinese medical science and the mellified man. A mellified man is a human corpse steeped in honey and stored in it for a hundred years. Sure. Yep. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's a thing. While the entire concept of a mellified man sounds cruel and incredible, it is recorded in Chinese medical records that men in the Middle East used to submit themselves to be mummified in this way to make a healing concoction for the people. Hmm. Okay. I, if you if you told me there was an option where it's like, look, you're 75, you don't got anything left. Look, you could, though, become magic heal. You could become a healing potion for your, your grandchildren. Wouldn't that be nice? Become a nice healing potion? I don't know if I'd take it. I don't know if I'd say I'm at that point. What are my other options? Shit. This, however happened around the end of their lives so one hopes that the people who turned into mellified men had lived a full life without problems Man, i don't know if i'm seeking yeah, to be, I, if i lived a full happy life with if i'm a well-adjusted guy i don't know if i'm seeking to be turned into a mummy a honey mummy i don't know if that's something that well-adjusted people do but 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 if someone approached you and asked if you maybe you're not volunteering but if someone asked Oh yeah, if this was like a Hunger Games thing, where it's like, look, the whole world, the whole we all we have socialized healthcare, but it's based on the fact that every year one person gets sacrificed to be the mummy, the uh, the honey mummy for that year, and then we just cycle them through, and we have the year the honey mummy for this year. So, uh, yeah, so we just pull a thing, and then if you ever get sick, we just rub honey mummy on you, and you're fine. But there is a chance, well, one in a huh, that you just have to become the honey mummy now. Uh, I'd, I'd sign up. I mean, it's better than what we have in this fucking country. <laughs> the whole process was about donating their body for the greater good. Usually, the people who donated their bodies apparently did so around the age of 80, which, again, when were people living to 80 but also believed that you could turn yourself into magic juice by dipping yourself in honey? All right, I'm going to be the nerd for a minute. People did, since the dawn of time, <laughs> people have been able to reach 80. It wasn't like there was a hard upper ceiling. Was, you said there wasn't was, a level cap that, that, that I'm thinking of the, the, of humankind as an expansion-based uh, uh, MMO. One might say that throughout human history, the level cap has always, in fact, been like a hundred, give or take. And so, like, in ancient times, that's why there were, like, the fucking wise sages 
was because in an, in a time where most people died of dysentery by 25, the dude who made it to 80 was basically a shaman. They knew everything. Also, I do love how you said that there is a cap of around 100, insinuating that I could basically go up to anyone over the age of 100 and just start yelling hacks at them for uh, for obviously cheating. They are the cheating. Yeah, oh, yeah. They are cheating. Yeah. That's why that one fucking lady was like, they were like, what's your secret, ma'am? She's like, well, I smell, I, I, I drink a Dr. Pepper every day and I play wheat bowling and I smoke Pall Malls. <laughs> also, in 1987, I murdered a boy. <laughs> I drank the mummy, honey, and well. <laughs> the whole process was about donating their body for the greater good. Usually the people who donated their bodies apparently did so around the age of 80. The body donation is still considered a suitable choice today. This donation for modification involved more self-sacrifice and was tougher. How much tougher? This is because the donor would stop eating normal food and go on a honey diet completely until they died. There's not a tree root or a pine needle in sight. How are they going to? That's not going to work. I, I am. So this was very difficult because the person had to live through the early stages of the mellification process. Adult onset type two diabetes is, <laughs> is what that means. The early process of mellification. I, wouldn't you get like severe diarrhea? I feel like. Oh, I should. Well, hey, anything to get the moisture out, I guess. Let's, but. but let's. Well, let's find out the science of honey. There is no doubt that honey is a wonder liquid, Spencer, no doubt. No, I've always said this. <laughs> the golden substance is not just a sweetener, but is po popular for its medicinal properties. Different schools of medicine used honey as a base for healing concoctions and as a preservative. Now, this is not me, like, dunking on the concept that honey can have, like, medicinal or homeopathic or whatever kind of, you know, properties. Like, I, my throat hurts. I drink something with honey in it. It feels better. Like, that, that I, I'm not acknowledging that. That's, I'm not saying that doesn't exist. I'm saying yeah, that. Yeah, what's good for the bear is good for me. Exactly. I am more, con I am, I am just being a little uh, facetious regarding the. D dipping yourself in honey and becoming a, a one-up mushroom. Yeah, I um, just can't wait to see how this segues from a truthful statement into... <laughs> exactly! Where does the step go? The viscosity of honey and its antibacterial properties make it a great preservative. The pH of honey is very acidic, which is unfavorable for bacterial growth. Therefore, it is not a surprise to find that Chinese and Arabic medicine used honey as a mummifying agent. This was not just limited to these two cultures, as the benefits of honey were commonly known. Even the Romans used honey to preserve meat for weeks. Ooh, well, honey, I've got, I've got a, a nice honey steak. Keep it in the back there if you want to you wanna get in on one of those with me. Oh, I was, in about I two weeks. Been sitting out there for about two weeks in the honey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Short of a graham cracker or a granola bar, I don't really want anything else that's been dunked in honey. <laughs> Look, I, let alone, I mean, and, and let me be on the record. Especially not a dude. <laughs> okay. Glad we've got that one. Glad we've got that one locked in. There are excerpts in Chinese medicinal books from the 16th century and even earlier that focus on the body of a mellified man as a miraculous remedy. The parts of the mellified man were eaten as a rare medicine that was thought to have the power to heal difficult injuries. One could heal broken limbs or other severe wounds by eating the mellified man. Severe wounds, huh? Especially talking I'm, like talking like a leg cut off. <laughs> I'm I'm imagining you got shot, and then they're like, okay. "Go quick, eat eat Uncle Jerry. Have a, have a bite of Uncle Jerry. <laughs> great great Uncle Jerry." Because <laughs> it takes a hundred years. <laughs> let his let his healing spirit flow through you. It's just I I that only makes sense to me if they weren't eating it, but they were also like, "All right, now fill the wound with the honey. <laughs> Patch him over. 
I just I imagine like a honey based limb would grow in its place, like a like like some weird <laughs> anime that I, I I don't know like One Piece, but I don't know One Piece works probably. I'm trying to figure out like what's the underlying truth here. Are, are you going to tell me that like this is honey stem cells that, that they're eating and it's immediately like nano machines flowing into the into the affected area, boosting their immune system? I don't. Severe wounds in no. those times could range from like cut open by a battle axe. But the process of making a mellified man was a lengthy one. Maybe that is why it was also a highly expensive remedy. Even though you had to eat only a small amount of the mummy's flesh, the demand for such a remedy was also high, which drove the prices up further. Oh, they knew about capitalism. They knew. The, the amount of honey alone. I mean, that shit's not cheap today. No, 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 no not at all. The did they have apiaries back then, or did they, did they just have to find beehives and crack them open? I would imagine they were much like the, the bear, and they were just you know out in the... Or much like Link, kind of just wandering through and looking for them and then shooting them with an arrow from a distance until the bees left. Uh-huh. Yeah, throwing like a firebomb to kill the swarm of angry bees. Well, yeah, but you know what? A firebomb would... I'd worry I'd burn the honey. I don't want it to... Well, I don't want to You're going to lure it. the bees away. I'm not a fucking amateur. You're going to lure the bees away from the hive. Ah, understood, understood, understood. I think I'm a jackass. I, I, uh, <laughs> this process was very difficult and started well before the person's death. It began with the candidates submitting themselves to the process in old age. Okay. First of all, fair. You're not going to put a 16-year-old in there. But second, difficult for who? <laughs> that well. I mean, because if, if the answer is anybody but the guy who has to eat nothing but honey until he shits himself and dies. Oh, my God. I mean, Ezekiel, if you were like that this guy. is the 80th barrel of honey that I've poured. My arms are so tired. Imagine that guy's like your grandpa, though. Like, that's you're going to be you're, that's going to be rough on your family to watch grandpa turn into like a honey golem. <laughs> That's not great. On the bright side, though, they're not going to have to eat this shit for 100 years. So by the time it comes your turn to eat the dude honey, you have no emotional Exa connection. No, no, this had to be because there's no way it would work otherwise. Because otherwise, all you all you <laughs> uncover by running this scheme is uncovering who rolled Dark Urge, a character creation in town. <laughs> when you're saying, yes, John died and was turned into a honey mummy. Who wants a bite? Like, no, you got to wait a hundred. So their name was faceless people. You mix them up. You have a lottery. It's fine. <laughs> when you live to be 20, five generations is all it takes for you to basically be a, an ancient legend. <laughs> oh, no. These guys are these guys are, are like their star grandfathers at this point. Like these these men are legends of old by the time they become honey mummies. Come here, son. Come get your honey. Come get your dude, honey. Yes, that's right. This man invented the sun. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It was so long ago. I don't remember. But <laughs> the donors would eat only honey, and would even bathe in honey. The bodies became so saturated with honey after a certain time that the donors would excrete only honey and even sweat honey what? instead of water. Oh, oh, no. That's a slow drip. <laughs> Fuck me. Put a tap on me, baby. I'm, I'm so, put me in a sauna and ooh, we, we gotta have pancakes. I don't know. Are they, t are they saying that these guys only pissed and shit honey at this point? Uh-huh. That's exactly what they're the saying. Body didn't know what else to do with all of it. Like, no more. <laughs> no more honey. Can you imagine pissing honey? <laughs> that would take like a year. Push it out the pores. <laughs> it would never end. <laughs> Just you're on your deathbed as as your body is honeying itself to death and you, you shed one sweet tear. <laughs> one sweet viscous tear. <laughs> 
Ugh. Ultimately, the bodies would reach a point of oversaturation. I would think after like two days of eating honey, but sure, that would lead to their death. At the point of death, their corpses would have an extremely high concentration of honey throughout. No shit, you've turned them into a teddy gram. In the next phase, their dead bodies would be placed inside stone coffins filled with more honey. (laughs) The date of storing them inside the coffins would be noted and marked, and the coffins would rest for a hundred years. Best used by... After- oh, that's just a suggestion. <laughs> Come on. It's, it's mummy, honey. It never goes bad. <laughs> After a gap of a hundred years, the coffins would be open and the mellified man could be used as medicine. Can they just scoop some of the coffin honey or do they have to reach in and get like a mummy honey finger to suck on? The principal source for information on the mellified man was the Benkao Gangmu, a 16th century Chinese medical text. However, the writer states that all accounts of this process are only hearsay, and there's no physical proof that a mellified man ever existed. Oh, thank God. Nathan, I've never heard better news. (laughs) There's hope yet. However, the text does mention the recipe to create a mellified man, and this has led to speculation that if the recipe exists, the practice of such corpse medicine must also have existed. Uh, Hang on, hang on. If the same source that says, we don't know if anybody's ever done this, Flip a couple pages. If you want to try this, maybe do it like this. How is that evidence? I'm, this was needed to be in the order it was in. The so because the the Sokusum Shumbitsu or Sukushumbitsu. I don't know if I remember how to say it. I, it's not sitting in front of me. Um, that really fucking happened. And like we have them. And there's like it's like a guy named Jeff, and he's up in the ball somewhere. And you go look at him. Like he's there. Like those guys did exist. And so that gave me enough you know credibility to get you to this point before realizing that it may have just been like a mad magazine from a weird doctor in 16th century China or something. Besides this, harvesting corpses for medicinal purposes is not something unheard of. Ancient medicine frequently dealt with human corpses, and the possibility of the two concepts being interlinked with healing purposes cannot be dismissed. Moreover, the use of honey as medicine on its own and as an embalming liquid was a popular technique. The use of honey in the the mummification process has been observed in several different ancient cultures. Instances of corpses being administered as medicine have also been observed. Physicians in different countries and different eras have been known to try using mummies as medicine. However, this was typically done for very rare diseases. Moreover, the practice of using corpse medicine has obviously been discontinued with modern medicine. While medical science still needs corpses, today these are used for medical study rather than being drowned in honey and then eaten by Pippin Timiri. He's an Indian guy with an educational background in management studies. Nathan, what I love most about that is that Pippin says, now, was this true? Let's let's weigh the facts. Honey's been used as medicine, (laughs) and corpses have been used as medicine. Ergo, (laughs) you got your chocolate and my peanut butter. It's a natural conclusion. I didn't know that my now on my wish list of archaeological discoveries was archaeologists uncover honey coffin. (laughs) Pay $5.99 to find out. This has been a Duck Cock and Bull podcast. Source of the dollop. The best way to help the podcast, if and you're so inclined, is to subscribe to us on iTunes, I'm led to believe. That or rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Yeah, Uh, do both. And following that third tier bronze medal rating and reviewing us and subscribing on any other platform of your choosing. We want to thank our theme. No, we want to thank Drippus Pony Club for allowing it. I, dude, I'm falling apart. We want to thank Drippus Pony Club 
for allowing us to use our theme, There Were Buffalo on the Ark, off the album Cholera. All right. Yeah, I got nothing. Bye. No, bye. <laughs> <laughs>